All right, welcome back. Put on your fancy pants and get ready to sip some damn good coffee. Welcome to the Hello Coffee, my old friend podcast hosted by Roast House Coffee. If you are tuning in today, then you must be ready to try one of our fancy coffees. Welcome back to the club. The Fancy Pants Coffee Club was created so that we can all enjoy dynamite coffees together. Hello, Evan. Aaron, how are y'all doing? Great. Super Great. excited for this Super excited. Dude. So this coffee is like what we set out to do in Fancy Pants Coffee Club. This was the, the brainchild of it. Yep. And then we just built, fleshed it out from flavor profiles like this that are super unique and noticeable and thought, well, we should do a freaking club around those coffees. Well, we all have heard of La Perdera a lot, so we're excited to have this one as our good food award finalist. Yeah. Yes. It's freaking awesome because the Good Food Awards was our first kind of nationally, nationally recognized award in 2014. We won one with uh, Guatemala. Our women produced Guatemala. That one was an awesome coffee. And we haven't placed since. And so, yeah, it's real tough. Uh, We didn't always compete every year either. (laughs) So that kind of pulls you out of the running. But super excited. Good Food Foundation represents everything that we value as a company uh, operating as a coffee roaster um, to make sure that we're not just running a business to try and make money, but that we're also doing a good for our communities, both you know internally in our in our team and then also uh, out in the world in our supply chain and also environmentally. And so those values have sort of a triple P situation, people, planet, profit situation for uh, being sustainable is really what the Good Food Foundation represents. And they cover beer and cheese and charcuterie and confections and cider and beer um, and coffee. And so it's a really, it's a pretty freaking cool honor to be a finalist. And then by the time this gets published, we'll find out whether or not we have a regional winner or not. But we're going up against some heavy hitters. So that'll be a fun one. Folded down to three of us. Ooh. In the Northwest region, do you do you know anything about the like the history of the Good Food Awards? Do you know more about like their origin story and how Ooh. they started? It's a good question. I was not prepared for that. Okay. Uh, so I don't have no that, but you can go to the Good Food Foundation website. Yeah, and they've got a ton of really great uh, resources on there. So one of the things that they do is they go through you go through a blind tasting originally. And that puts that's round one, and then round two is uh, tasting your product again from a different production batch by professional tasters, and there's usually like a curated team of Q graders and people that are in importing companies and roasting companies that run that tasting, some more trained professionals, and then the third round is a sustainability vetting questionnaire where they look at you know your business practices, how you treat your peeps as a company and uh and then also the sustainability and practices of the farm that you source your product from which in this case is lapidera mm-hmm. 
And so then if you make it past that, then you become a finalist based on your scores cumulatively, which is where we are today. Super exciting. So yeah, I would recommend people go to the website, Good Food Foundation, and you can learn more about what they're doing. Awesome. Yeah. Could you tell us more? I mean, everyone, again, knows La Pradera. Well, hopefully, if you don't, you, sh- you should know now. But um, yeah, tell us more about where the coffee comes from and obviously more about like our four years of sourcing from La Pradera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So about four or five years ago, uh, Oscar Daza's uh, mocha variety, which is the Itty Bitty Beans. That was December's Fancy Dance. Uh, one, I believe it was the World Roaster Champion competed with that coffee. I could be mistaken on that. But there was someone in that running who used their coffee. And coffee competitions in general are kind of filled with one-off coffees. A lot of people source specific coffees just for a competition, right? So we're not competing with the coffees we drink every day. We're putting ourselves on the line on a competition amongst other competitors we're going to be competitive but we're only going to pick these like really really high-end offerings which can be fun but it's also maybe a little unsustainable in the long run as to like what the viability of that high of quality and specialty coffee producing like you're not drinking those coffees every day those you know we're talking coffees that are 50 60 70 80 90 dollars a pound um that's just not what you're going to pick off the grocery shelf that's not what you're getting served at your local cafe and so what we've always wanted to do is compete with stuff that we do serve every day um but the mocha variety caught my eye because not a lot of competitions serve organic coffee and that's kind of our shtick right we're an organic coffee roastery and so when i found out about la pradera and i heard, i had tasted the mocha variety the winning lot i was like yes we need some of this and so I had reached out and graciously uh, they sort of educated me on like, yeah, that's our like best coffee that we produce every year. Like I'm not just giving it to some flash in the pan sale. I want to see what a sustainable relationship would look like. So if you want to buy some of our other coffees, I'll be happy to sell them to you. And then maybe next year we can revisit the mocha which I thought was totally fair. Um, and so we said, yeah, send us some more samples of your other lots. We tasted them, a bunch of them. I really, really enjoyed them. And so we started serving them. And then a couple years later, after we became a more predictable buyer, we were able to get our hands on some mocha and some of their single variety things. And now we're into four years and we source a number of different varieties from them every year, which is super cool. Uh, one of them being this honey processed geisha variety, which is another really sought after variety. Um, I was looking through, uh, if you go on worldcoffeeresearch.org, which is an organization we uh, donate to, uh, they do a lot of the history behind coffees as a plant. And so geisha has always been this sort of elusive uh, history. And so they have it written out. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so originally, Geisha was found in Ethiopia uh, over the, um, I believe it was a, either a village called Geisha or a region um, back in the 1930s. Then it was sent 
to a research facility in Tanzania. And then from there, it got cross-planted to Central America in 1953 and was officially logged as a plant, um, meaning, you know, a lot of every plant has catalogs of different varieties and such. And so then from there, in the 1960s, it was distributed throughout Panama um, because it was uh, had some tolerance to coffee leaf rust, which kills a lot of uh, coffee plants. Um, but the plant's branches were brittle and not favored by farmers, so it was not widely planted at the time. But then in 2005, big record, everyone knows about this in the specialty coffee, green buying community anyways, the Peterson family in Panama won the Best of Panama auction, which this year the Best of Panama was from Hartman uh, Estate and Proud Mary actually got the winning lot and it's going for like wow $150 a cup. <laughs> so in 2005, just to show you guys, this is crazy. In 2005, the Geisha, which won Best of Panama, really set its pace for being popularized, broke a record for being sold at over $20 a cup. Mm. And now we're seeing geishas being sold for $150 a cup. Damn. Which is insane. So in you know, it's 20 years, essentially, a little less than 20 years, it's just blown up. And so people started cross-planting geishas all over the place and selling them at these crazy premiums. And we just, I don't know, I, I never, I enjoy the geisha profile. It drinks very similarly to a washed Ethiopia to me. Um, when they're mediocre and when then when they're really good like this one they're really exceptional and they have that clarity and vibrance and complexity and they change a lot as they cool and they age really well if you let them sit off roast um, they're they brew well and so we don't we haven't brought on too many I think we've brought on maybe four or five geishas in our 13 years um, so not too many but this is definitely one that stands out to me. And so it's really cool to be able to represent La Cordera, that relationship story of being sort of beneficial partners. So us showing up for La Cordera and Santa Maria, which is a sister farm, all women produced, and buying those coffees consistently every year, that, that relationship is what leads to these incredible single variety, fucking awesome coffees. And so, I really we believe in that pretty strongly of not just like oh, okay what's the cool trendy like popular farm let's buy a couple coffees from there they'll sell really well because everyone knows the name it's sort of like you know selling Jordans or whatever the name <laughs> brand clothing item of today is uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm real hip-hop <laughs> being a dad hit you hard. dude so hard um, but at the end of the day, it's not sustainable because they have, those producers have one off harvest and the majority of the specialty coffee industry goes, oh, that's okay, we'll just swipe right and go to another producer in Ethiopia or Panama or Colombia. And so to be able to support a producer every single year and then build, as we grow, we grow our support of those producers, then that's what leads us to, as Evan calls them, bangers. Um, but yeah, that's the backstory of La Cordera. They're in Colombia. Um, Oscar Daza uh, produced this particular lot. All the nerdy information is on the back of the label, but the cherries were picked after measuring bricks. Um, 
uh, which is the sugar content in the cherries, and then it was fermented anaerobically. It's considered a black honey uh, ga- uh, mm. process, so uh, there's variations of honey processing. Black honey usually has the most amount of fruit influence on the cup. Um, yellow and white honeys tend to have the least amount. What is, tell, tell the audience <laughs> what the difference is. Is it in fermentation or? It changes, there's no specific definition uh, producer to producer. So like in Costa Rica, like I know Las Lajas, they have um, mechanical uh, separators that they can change the uh, distance of the arms to depulp the coffee at varying degrees to leave more or less mucilage on the seed, which is how they determine uh, the honey processing. But then they also, there's other places that determine varying honey processing by how frequently they're moving it on the drying beds. Hmm. Um, So yeah, there's really no strong like but that is a consensus. Yeah, yeah. But the general idea is white and yellow honeys are going to have the least amount of fruit influence on the cup. Okay. Red honeys are going to be like right in the middle. And then black honeys are going to be like the most fruit influence without being a natural. Mm. It, like, so if you can picture like a sliding scale, right. natural on the right, meaning the most fruit influence on the cup, washed being the least amount of fruit influence um, on the other side. Honeys will have that middle space, if that nice. makes sense. So, so this you'll get a lot more body, I think, in the cup For than sure. some like washed geishas. It has a lot more texture to it um, because of that fruit influence. Nice. So, Evan. Yes. What What are your experiences in roasting geishas? I think this is my first. Not a bad first, man. <laughs> <laughs> take down a freaking award with it nail it uh yeah i i'm trying to think yeah i think this was the only one first first and only that's crazy yeah i don't think i realized that yeah i never messed with them uh at any of the other places i was roasting and i think we hit the sample for this one like early 2022 mm-hmm yeah, it would have been maybe. Well, let's see. We would have tasted that like in the spring. Spring 2022? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So only like a year into me being here, about eight months ago at this point. And so, yeah, this was this was it. I didn't I don't think I really thought about it too much, honestly. We did a few batches. We did. I mean, like, as far as like thinking about it being a geisha. Oh, right. Yeah. But you and I have talked about that too, where, you know, we can tend to favor cups like this or beans like this yeah. and put more care into roasting these coffees than we do our everyday coffees. And yep. I, you know, we sort of both seem to agree that that's a pretty shitty way to run a roastery yeah. lineup to be like, ah, whatever, like our, our everyday drinker is like F-bomb, you know, we'll just roast that however the heck we want. And yeah. the geisha, we're gonna like panic, we're gonna do all this extra steps to it and because it was more expensive. And, and that's just not <laughs> how we 
coffee's a coffee and treat both of them with care. So what were some of the things that we ran into? Do you remember a dialing it in from like batch to batch? What were the what were the things you were like hoping to tweak in the cup profile? I remember early on it was giving me some trouble almost like a natural does where it tends to like bake a bit right around first crack Mm. it'll just kind of like level out a little bit and then kind of start to crash toward the tail end i think we ran into that a bit in the first batch or two and i actually i want to say that and dialing in the mocha was like the catalyst for us changing the profiles on our small roaster mm-hmm. like we changed the batch size mm-hmm. and like a lot of like energy application and stuff we were like i think i spent like an afternoon just taking like the mormora and just running that through and just being like all right are we gonna do a three pound batch nope that sucked all right keep going we're gonna do a four pound batch nope all right three and a half pounds all right cool that works <laughs> Like, that looked good. like Goldilocks and the porridge. <laughs> Too high. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how it felt. It was just kind of like guessing, not guess and check, but it was like kind of just experimenting and trying to figure it out. And then finally, I think we hit like a sweet spot and we we're like, all right, cool. Roll with it. Let's make it happen. And after that, it just kind of like leveled out. We weren't dealing with that like baking in the end. And then at that point, I think we realized, like, I think we kind of just, like, let it sit for a bit because we were doing, That's like, right. Yes. I think initially we were going to compete with the Mocha. Mm-hmm. Or it was, sorry, it was initially we signed up with the Geisha. And we were like, no, we're going to do the Mocha instead. And then we missed a deadline to switch. And we are like, oh, shoot, we got to do the Geisha still. And we hadn't done any batches of the Geisha for a while. And we were like... It was like three weeks or like a month off, and we were like, we tasted it. And we're like, oh, this tastes pretty good. All right, send it in. Yep. Like, that was kind of it. And then, yeah, I think even since then, a lot of the ones we've been drinking, except for this batch, have been like, honestly, up to what, two months, mm-hmm. three months off? And they taste awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes real good. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's super crazy. I saw you tinkering a lot. We have, we had a, like a little shared note going uh, of brew <laughs> recipes and what we were tasting in the in the geisha. And like every day, I felt like for a little while I was getting an update. And this added something to the note. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I tried this recipe. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, what was your What was your favorite way to brew this coffee? Yeah, I um, tinkered with this one quite a bit. I wanted, I mean, it's very special, one being that it's, you know, up for an award. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we had every, like, spectrum of um, brew methods, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what I tried, let me look at, look at my notes real quick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I originally tried, like, uh, 15 grams in, 200 grams out um, of water uh, with a Kalita with a 40-gram bloom. And no, it was really nice. It was very like cantaloupe. Um, you got that smooth and balanced body, um, slight tannins at the end that kind of delved into that limey citrus that we really enjoy. 
Um, I got a lot of like rosy floral notes to it, which was really nice. And then the next day I tried, um, yeah, 21 grams in and then 375 grams out. So it's a pretty, pretty, There's yeah. One to 18. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. I tried that on a V60 and um, yeah, it was like super like toasted barley, roasted rice. Um, very, very savory. Uh, but I mean, it was still nice. It was just the body wasn't there anymore. Mm. It was very like almost cacao nibby at the end. So it was very bitter. That sounds like a, oh, what's that tea? Ikin matcha? Yeah, Ikin matcha, yeah. With popped rice? Mm-hmm. It kind of did taste like that too. I mean, even that has a pretty bitter end to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bitter finish. So that was not the best way to brew it, <laughs> but y'all can try it. Um, and then I tried, I tried so many. Wow. Um <laughs> And then I tried a 23 gram in, 350 gram out on a V60, and that's my usual recipe. Um, and I did a continuous pour on that one, and that one's also super sweet, really full body, um, really dense, really complex, lavender, more of like a honeydew flavor profile rather than a cantaloupe. Um, almost tasted like an orange smoothie to me at the mm. end, which is really nice. Yeah. But still really finished with that like lime citrus at the end and then uh, i think phelan and arian tried it on espresso putting 19 grams in and 40 grams out and he said he tasted white grape and sugar cookie and rose petals mm. which sounds pretty good yeah. um sounds really nice yeah it's like have you ever had like shortbreads with orange blossom water in them yes look at that really like orange yeah. blossom water in and of itself is like super floral perfumey almost to yeah. the point where it's gross um, but there's like a, a couple sugar cookies that use that in it as an ingredient, like as an extract almost. Yeah. Like, it's really good. And it kind of reminded me of that. It's okay. just like really sweet, buttery, creamy, like great texture. And then that like little floral thing laid in there. It's, it's freaking good on espresso. If I had an espresso machine at home. Do that. And I got this coffee. <laughs> I'd try it. You know, don't 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 wait don't waste the whole lot on it, but it's it's worthwhile. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah, did you do you think it's? I mean, I'm sure it's well with you know as an espresso by itself, but I'm assuming like a latte and cappuccino would be really nice. You did tried you all it try it this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I've had one the past few days. <laughs> How was that? Yeah, it's good. It's just really. I think it's a lot more floral. Yeah, with and the milk. milk. Than it is fruity. It like, yeah, I think almost reminded me more of like rose water. Mm. Yeah. Like that kind of perfuminess. Yep. Yeah, very perfumey. But yeah, just holds up. Like the body's nice. It doesn't get too like watered down and thin. Like sometimes those bigger recipes can. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really good. I mean, I think it's because it's so floral and complex it's yeah it's better in a tighter ratio um and then yeah this morning i tried it on a chemex and it we roasted this one like on the 5th of january mm-hmm. yeah today's what 23rd um and even on a chemex you know chemex have the thicker filters like and uh, evan hates chemex is just letting you know but um <laughs> wow, i was throwing one of the box like that <laughs> <Feel attacked. laughs> Yeah, that one I got, again, it's a cantaloupe, pineapple, kind of like passion fruit, 
flavor notes. So as it as it's aged, it's gotten really tropical fruity, and really nice. So what I'm hearing is it's just fucking it's good. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yes, yeah. I and the other thing that I really enjoyed about as we've been brewing this coffee over the last couple of months is how. I mean, I don't know the science of the solubility, but like, you know, solubility is usually what indicates whether a coffee is easy to brew or difficult to brew as far as like getting a good quality cup. And there are some coffees that are just trickier for whatever reason, one way or the other. They're more resistant to water, they're more dense, or you know, the roast profile can sometimes be mm. problematic. But this coffee just seems to like, we batch brewed it one day. We just put it on like yeah. our drip machine and it was... Was good awesome. that that does remind me though so of like when I, the past few times that i've been brewing it it's been it seems to take a lot longer mm. oh. yeah like it's, like it'll do better with a better longer brew time yeah yeah like four minutes is what i was getting every time okay even though like i went a little coarser i didn't want it to go too coarse because i liked how you know fine it was so yeah. but yeah i would take a long time and i would just sit there watching the, the coffee bed waiting for it to drain but it was like oh it's still oh it's still in there so but it is still good you just have to be a little more persistent in your uh, pulse pouring but yeah super fun coffee i'm so happy yeah. i hope you all enjoy it thoroughly i know we will and then after the fancy pants gets theirs we're gonna release it to the rest of the world because um, it's a fun coffee and we want to share it. But Fancy Pants is going to get first dibs. It'll be super cool. And then next month, what we is got next something month? buck wild. Ooh. So yeah. prepare yeah, yourself one. for March. Um, it's going to be a big old boozy fermented fruit bomb uh, anaerobic process from Ooh. our friends at, I feel like, in Costa Rica. And yeah. that coffee is just like, it's like drinking high C. It's just so yeah. good. <laughs> so I'm very excited to share that one too. Consider this your weekly public service announcement. Drink damn good coffee. Thanks for tuning in to our special Fancy Pants Coffee Club episode. Keep up with our shenanigans on the old Instagrams at the Roast House. Or you can check out our website, roasthousecoffee.com. Thank you.